48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. District councillors are told they'll have to start taking loyalty oaths as soon as Friday. Officials say prisoners are using treats like chocolate to build forces to threaten national security. And the travel industry welcomes quarantine-free access for mainland residents. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says district councillors will begin to swear allegiance to the basic law and the SAR from Friday. Anyone who refuses will lose their seat. The first batch will be councillors from Hong Kong Island. They will have to dress appropriately for the occasion and won't be allowed to bring along items with political messages. And the councillors won't find out immediately if their oaths are considered valid. After the ceremony, we will not immediately announce whether the oath is valid or not. But for councillors whose oaths are valid, they will be notified afterwards that they will continue to be the SAR's district councillors. For some, if we have doubts and do not fully trust their pledge of loyalty, they will be given a chance to explain themselves. The oath administrator will then make a judgment, and if necessary, he or she can seek further legal advice to support the final decision. The Democratic Party chairman, Lokin Hai, says it's not still not clear yet how many district councillors will be allowed to stay on after they take the oath. At this point of time, I couldn't guess or I couldn't really estimate how many district councillors will get through that process because basically we don't know how the government is going to vet those people who take the oath. The Liberal Party's Jeremy Young is one of the three remaining Central and Western councillors. He's glad that the oath-taking is finally taking place and he has tough words for those who resigned. Ultimately, I think that depends on how they take the oath and uh, it's subject to the government's interpretation whether they really support the basic law, whether they really believe that Hong Kong is part of the People's Republic of China. We have no doubt about our own fellow Liberal Party members that we will all get through this without any hiccups. I think it is absolutely scandalous that significant number of district councillors resigned voluntarily. I think it is embarrassing, it is unacceptable, and they need to be accountable for the public's interest. The Security Secretary Chris Tang has warned that prison inmates are using treats such as chocolates to recruit followers and build up forces to endanger national security. Timmy Sung reports. Chris Tang didn't identify any prisoners, but said those in question are either on remand because of alleged national security offences or are serving time for the involvement in the social unrest of 2019. The security minister claimed that inmates are making use of visitors with religious or district council backgrounds to spread their messages to the outside world. He also said the authorities have noticed that some organizations, including the 612 Humanitarian Relief Fund, have been sending out letters asking prisoners to continue with the struggle. He said these actions seriously affect the rehabilitation program and have swung seeds of endangering national security. He explained that prisoners are recruiting followers by giving them treats such as chocolates. In conjunction with all those issues, what they achieve is they will establish a special group of people where they have privilege. Where the privilege come from? They come from extra resources, extra items. And then through this influence, and they try to uh, disseminate their sense you know, of against the government and against the central um, government. And through this, they will endanger the national security and the security of Hong Kong. 
Ms. Chang also says some inmates have abused a complaints mechanism to try to deter prison officers from doing their jobs. But he says staff won't be giving in and they will stay professional. Mainland and Macau residents can come to Hong Kong without having to undergo quarantine starting next Wednesday under the government's Come to HK scheme. Jason Wong, who chairs the Travel Industry Council, welcomed the scheme, but he also suggested doubling the daily quota of 2,000 people. Definitely, there would be a strong demand for mainland travellers to come to Hong Kong on business reasons. They might perhaps need to come over to Hong Kong to handle all kinds of meetings and business needs. And moreover, I guess the leisure travel perhaps would come later on. I think that would be a much bigger demand if the quota could be enlarged and perhaps to allow group travel as well. You're tuned to RGHK. The time is five minutes past eleven. The head of a government advisory body on COVID-19 vaccines has proposed allowing children as young as six to take Sinovac jabs. Professor Lau Yulung says such a move will hopefully ease what he described as a bottleneck in the SAR's inoculation drive. But as Damon Pang reports, a member of the same advisory committee has his reservations about the idea. Professor Lau Yulong said lowering the age threshold for Sinovac would be among ideas for discussion at a meeting of the Scientific Committee on Vaccine Preventable Diseases next week. Currently in Hong Kong, people aged 18 and above are eligible to take the mainland vaccine, while on the mainland, anyone aged 3 or above can do so. Chile this week also approved the use of Sinovac for those aged 6 and above. Professor Lau said on an RTHK program that the efficacy of Sinovac is unquestionable, citing data from more than 100 young people who took the jab in Hong Kong. In terms of safety, everyone knows that hundreds of millions of people worldwide have taken Sinovac. Among them, there should be millions of young people. I don't think there is a safety problem. Of course, the government needs to go through its statutory procedures. It needs to look at data from Sinovac. I've spoken to officials in private. They said they have to speak to lawyers about the administration's legal responsibilities on this. The government advisor said he noted some young people prefer Sinovac to BioNTech, but he said the vetting procedures are now too rigid and too careful, and that the government should react more quickly to public demands. Ben Cowling is a member of the same scientific committee. The University of Hong Kong epidemiology professor says he has reservations about letting young children take Sinovac jabs. We know the inactivated vaccines like the Sinovac vaccine are not particularly effective at preventing infection. They're better at limiting severe disease, which the children aren't going to get anyway, most likely. I think it's actually going to be a difficult decision to judge what exactly are the benefits and what exactly are all of the risks. Professor Cowling said he's concerned that the data cited by Professor Lau of more than 100 young Hong Kong people taking Sinovac for its efficacy might not be sufficient enough to pick up cases of rare but also the more serious side effects. The Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements in China has doubled down on its insistence that it won't hand over information for a police investigation into its activities, submitting a letter to the force outlining its reasons. But the authorities warn there'll be swift action against anyone who fails to cooperate with national security investigations. Wendy Wong reports. The alliance, which for years organised the annual June 4 vigils at Victoria Park, says the police have failed to support the claim that it could be a foreign agent and it won't be providing details of its finances and operations. 
A member of the alliance's committee, Choi Hong Kwong, says he's filing for judicial review over the police's demand, arguing that they've overstepped the power. The alliance has also hit back at chief executive Kerry Lam, who said earlier that no group can claim to be part of civil society if it refuses to obey the law. Alliance Vice Chairwoman Chao Han Tong says it's not up to Mrs. Lam to decide which organizations make up Hong Kong civil society. It's not for her to decide, right? Does the government own the power to decide on the definition of civil society organization, like how they label us as foreign agents? It's a senseless, arbitrary labeling going on right now by the government, by labeling everyone as foreign agent, as not civil society organization, they can do anything. But that's just wrong. Meanwhile, Security Secretary Chris Tang has warned that the police will take swift action against anyone refusing to hand over information as instructed. But he declined to give more details, saying there could be court proceedings in the future. Health authorities say 14 people have been admitted to hospital with suspected carbon monoxide poisoning after a hot pot dinner in one chai. Four have since been discharged, the rest are in stable condition. Wendy Wong reports. The Centre for Health Protection said a six men and eight women, aged between 23 and 39, had a hot pot dinner using charcoal as fuel at a restaurant on Lockhart Road on Monday. Around two hours into the meal, they started developing symptoms such as loss of consciousness, dizziness, vomiting, nausea, headache, shortness of breath and palpitation. They were sent to Rottenji, Queen Mary and Queen Elizabeth Hospitals. Four of them were later transferred to Pamela Yud Nethaso Eastern Hospital for hyperbaric oxygen therapy. The CHP said the group ate in an air-conditioned room with the windows and door closed, adding that the level of carbon monoxide might have increased over the course of the dinner. The Food and Environmental Hygiene Department says the restaurant involved is suspected of breaching regulations by using charcoal as fuel and by allowing such a large group to dine together. The government has banned the sale of flats at a luxury development in Homantin. The Lands Department didn't say why it had withdrawn pre-sale consent for the Grand Hom Homes. The project is owned by Tycoon Pansutong, whose development company Golden Financial reported a loss of a billion dollars in its latest financial report. It has received an occupation permit. Peter Churchhouse, the founder of real estate firm Portwood Capital, says he finds the arrangement odd. I've never heard of cancelling a pre-sale agreement after an occupation permit has been agreed. So very often, uh, a pre-sale agreement is granted well before the occupation permit is granted. I can only think there's some kind of legal or financial difficulty because the units that have already been sold, they've been sold. They have not been withdrawn. Prosecutors in the mainland city of Jinan have dropped a case against a former Alibaba employee accused of sexually assaulting a female colleague. Priscilla Ung reports. Prosecutors said the former employee, surnamed Wang, had committed forcible indecency but not a crime. He was taken into custody last month after a female employee alleged that a manager and a client sexually assaulted her during a business trip to Jinan. Prosecutors did approve the arrest of the client, surnamed Zhang. The alleged victim said Alibaba did not take her complaint seriously and posted her version of events on the company's intranet. Alibaba, which says it has a zero-tolerance policy for sexual misconduct, came under scrutiny for its handling of the case. It fired Wang and suspended other executives, but there are also reports 10 staff were sacked for sharing screenshots of the female colleague's account of the allegations. 
The Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce has revised upwards its economic growth forecast for the SAR this year to 6.3% from an estimate of 3.5% in December. A senior economist for the chamber, Wilson Chong, says while COVID-19 poses uncertainty to the local economy, Hong Kong has been doing well in areas such as trade and retail. We think the pandemic has been under control for uh, so far this year and also um, because of a global recovery which has increased external demand for Hong Kong uh, goods which we see that our exports has increased and also we can see our retail has been gradually recovering so we have upgraded our, for our GDP forecast for this year. Opponents of Myanmar's military rulers have called for a countrywide uprising to drive them from power. The National Unity Government, whose members are in exile, in detention or in hiding, said all citizens should take part in a revolution. Since the coup in February, much of Myanmar has slipped into a state of near-civil war. Duwa Lashila, the acting president of the group, announced the news in a video posted on Facebook. We have to initiate a nationwide uprising in every village, town and city across the entire country at the same time, based on people's unity, creativity, intelligence, passion and persistence, the revolution will be quicker and take less time. To sport and in the US Open tennis, world number one Novak Djokovic and the number four seed Alexander Zverev of Germany are among the fourth round winners. In the women's draw, the British teenager Emma Raducanu booked her place in the quarterfinals. The BBC's Russell Fuller reports. Emma Raducanu beat Shelby Rogers of the United States for the loss of just three games on her debut on the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Rogers was nothing like the player who'd been so impressive in coming from 5-2 down in the deciding set to knock out the world number one Ash Barty in the previous round, seemingly fairly empty after the experience of Saturday night. But Raducanu is a very, very cool head, and having reached the fourth round of Wimbledon on a Grand Slam debut, she's now gone a round further in only her second Grand Slam. In the quarterfinals, she'll play the Olympic champion Belinda Bencic. She came through in two sets against Iga Swiatek, the first a tie-break, which she won by 14 points to 12. And the weather, mainly fine apart from isolated showers, minimum temperature about 28 degrees. Very hot tomorrow, temperatures up to around 34 degrees. Going to be very hot on Thursday with isolated thunderstorms later. More showery conditions towards the weekend. Temperature now 29 degrees, humidity 86% and the very hot weather warning is in effect. A reminder of our top stories. District councillors are told they'll have to start taking loyalty oaths by Friday. Officials say prisoners are using treats to build forces to threaten national security. The news from RTHK. Your kisses for me 
Brotherhood of Man's Save All Your Kisses for Me. That's the same band, by the way. They did a great song called United We Stand. Beautiful. Uh, but that one was the winning song for Britain, if I remember correctly. United Kingdom, I suppose they were called at the time. 1976 in the Eurovision Song Contest. Actually started off with the title Oceans of Love, written by the band member Lee Sheridan a couple of years prior to it coming out. It was a massive number one in many countries, including, of course, the UK. It was the biggest selling song of the year. How about that? Into our second hour this Tuesday. Thanks for joining in, by the way. Peter King with you through to 1am. If you want to be in touch, it's Radio Peter Gmail. Still got a few requests to go, including Billy Joel and a couple of others as well. I hope you can stick around at least till 1am. Be very nice. <laughs> 